Welcome back. I want to give a quick note to all of you. Remember, this is not a substitution for actual therapy. I started this podcast so that my clients would have tools to work on after our therapy session. So it's important that you talk to a therapist or trusted friend who's an excellent listener who can help you to process your feelings and talk about what has gone on for you each week. And then jump on this podcast and you can use these therapy tools to make improvements. But it's important to process your feelings with a good therapist or a very good trusted friend who will keep everything you say confidential, who can be a support system for you and who can gently confront you when you are being the toxic one. Okay, so today's episode is about misogyny the misogynist, the woman hater, the sexist, male chauvinist man. A lot of people have heard the word misogyny, and it's often used in social media, it's in conversations in reference to certain types of guys. The dictionaries define it as hatred, mistrust, a general dislike, and hostility toward women. And the word misogyny has a Greek origin, like most words. And the first part, mycian, I hope I pronounced that correctly, means to hate. And gyna means woman. So it's important to understand misogyny goes beyond despising all or even most women. Misogyny is a general hostility towards the women who seem to threaten to remove the male status as being superior to women. It's a hostility towards women who threaten the male with the fragile ego. Now we all have a fragile ego, male and female alike. Um, And not all men have a a super fragile ego and not all women do either, but the uh, misogynist has quite the fragile ego, much like a narcissist. They're very similar to a narcissist. However, a misogynist does have the capability for empathy and compassion. It's just generally towards other men and not women. Um, Men in patriarchies, they do whatever they want, when they want, how they want. And women are expected to support and promote those entitlements. So the schema of beliefs is quite prominent in certain cultures as well and in environments um, in which children are raised to adopt misogyny as part of their schema. So think think of the little boys who are told, be a man, stop crying, or they go, they want to go in the kitchen and learn how to cook and they're told, no, mommy cooks, your sisters will cook, not you, or the old phrase that um, housework is for a bitch. (laughs) So they're told to be tough. They're told to be the boss. They're told to be a man. And um, they expect mommy, grandma, sisters, and cousins, female cousins, to cook the food, tend to their boo-boos, clean the house for them, take care of all the men in the household. And... They likely watched as their father sat on the couch while their mother fixed their father a plate and brought it to him and served him like he was in a restaurant. They learn 
sexual identity roles in their environments. And those role beliefs are reinforced by media and society. So think about all the commercials that show a sweet, smiling mommy cooking ever so happily and serving her husband and children their dinner or the housewife who gets the visit from Mr. Clean and he shows her how to clean her house even better and she's super excited or the laundry commercials that show women doing laundry, sniffing the towels from fresh from the dryer and they have this look of absolute ecstasy on their face as if it's the most enjoyable task ever to do laundry for their family. And then we have the beauty in the fashion industry too, telling boys and men what the most recent standard for beauty in women is. And for, for women, we see impossible expectations placed upon us, forced upon us, um, shoved down our throats. And it, we, we kill ourselves trying to live up to it. Not all women do. Some of us don't subscribe to that kind of thing. And we think it's, you know, basically bullshit. It's a, it's a way to get us to buy a bunch of stuff we don't need. But um, some of us desperately want that validation. We want that validation. We want that praise. And when you're with a misogynist, you really have to jump through fiery hoops to get them to praise you. Because you're a woman. I mean, come on. You're not as good as them, right? And and look, don't even get me started on the porn industry. Oh my God. So I've heard this a million times that um, men will tell me when I was a boy, I found my dad's nudie magazines under his bed or I found my dad's, um, my dad's porn and I snuck off and I watched it and that's what I thought sex with a woman was supposed to be like. So they have this ridiculous, unrealistic <laughs> expectation that the woman is just a plaything to please them and that she's going to scream and squeal and, and have all these fake orgasms, but they think it's real. And that's, that's what they think it'll be like when they get with a, a real woman instead of watching porn. So it kind of has it sets them up for some disappointment and shock because oh wow you know it's not like what I saw on that movie or she doesn't look like what I saw in dad's magazine ooh so she's not a real woman so a lot of beliefs form from these things and it else it also kind of desensitizes these men to a real woman a natural real Un, untouched by societal roles and fashion and all this advertising garbage, just a real natural woman standing in front of them. They don't see a woman, they see you. Ooh, look at you. So um, it's very interesting. And, and f from these observations, from these little boys growing up, I've seen this a lot too. A lot of them, when they grow up, they develop this Madonna whore complex. Okay, so the Madonna in the Madonna whore complex, she's a motherly figure. She's innocent. She's pure. She's like a saint. She puts all others above herself. She's the nurturer. She's selfless. She's caring. She's doting. She's taking care of everybody. 
And then on the flip side of that, you have the whore. That's the porn star-like wild woman who screams and talks nasty in the bedroom, wears too much makeup, too little clothing, and takes care of her man in any way possible. So Madonna and the whore both have a common trait, and that's that they are both basically objects. They are an idol that the man looks at, and it's a person with a pulse who lives and breathes just to take care of man. Oftentimes, men see their women as the whore at first, right? They kind of see they're, they're attracted by lust. They're attracted by your looks. They love your free spirit, the way you're dancing in the rain. And the sex is exciting. And sometimes we might, you know, women might fake it in the beginning to make him feel more macho or whatever. Um... And the old, the old stupid cliche, she's a freak in the sheets and a lady in the streets, right? You're hot, you're sexy, you're passionate, you're at the beginning stages of your relationship, that obsessive love stage, and um, they're just magically enticed by you. But then when you get into the relationship and it gets more serious, and let's say you have a baby with them, or you marry them and have a baby... Then they start to get the Madonna whore complex because now you're somebody's mom. Now you're a wife. You you can't act like that anymore. That's disgusting. You have to be pure. You have to be sanctified. Um, and he becomes mortified at the thought of having sex with her like they used to because now she's this saintly person in his warped little mind of, of how women should act in different roles. So it's not that he respects you or, or um, loves you anymore. It's just that you've switched roles in his head. So you're still there to serve him. He's still better than you. But, you know, now you have to serve him in a different way. Are all misogynists narcissists? No, not really. And not all narcissists are misogynistic, too. So, the general consensus does rate them both as equally crazy-making. And um, if you tell a misogynist you hate women, they will snap back and say, No, I love women. And I, I can translate that for you. When, they, when a misogynist says, I love women, he loves her cooking. He loves her sex organs. He loves her caring compassion when he's sick. He loves the way she keeps the house clean. He loves that she's a good mother. He loves her beautiful face and body and how she makes him look so good when she's on his arm out in public. But he does not care about her dreams, her opinions, her ambitions, any constructive criticism, or any request to get her needs met. All of those things make her too high maintenance. So when she speaks to him, all he really hears is wah, wah, wah. He kind of tunes her out unless she's telling him, hey, I'm cooking a rack of lamb for dinner. Then he's licking his chops like, ooh, I love you. Um, <laughs> so if she, if she dares to come with him with any of her issues, such as feeling insignificant, invalidated, tired, ignored, taken advantage of, lonely while sitting next to him, he'll get annoyed with her. 
He'll shame her for her stupid feelings and shut her down right away. He doesn't want to hear it. He's, Dude's trying to watch football. Go cook me something. Go rattle the pots and pans and get over your damn feelings, you know? So that's, that's, that's kind of what it's like. It's not all horrible, though. A lot of misogynists like to show off their toys, and that includes their women. They'll take you shopping. They'll buy you what they want you to wear. Don't be surprised if they take you to a porn shop and buy you stripper clothes. Um, <laughs> you'll feel kind of like you're in the movie Pretty Woman. They want to dress you up. They want to take you out, show you off, pridefully smirk as people stare. Um, he'll beam smiles all around the room with his chin up and his chest puffed out as if to say, oh yeah, she's mine. And they take great pride in having beautiful arm candy. So it can be fun, but if you get too involved and get into a full-blown relationship, marriage, it can be pretty heartbreaking. So, sorry, I'm taking a sip of this coffee. It's amazing. I, uh, I have the Nespresso coffee maker. It's actually my daughter's. And then I ordered Jordan Skinny Syrup from Amazon.com. It's sugar-free and it tastes like pumpkin cheesecake. It's fantastic. Okay, so I put my coffee down <laughs> and I want to move on and give you an idea of how to um, identify one of these wonderful misogynistic men if you don't know already, which I'm sure you do. But <laughs> a man who is misogynistic, I'm going to tell you a little story, a small vignette about a couple and I changed their names, Sarah and Philippe. Sarah is a Caucasian woman and Philippe is a Hispanic man. And Sarah met him through a coworker at her work. She was invited to a party and her coworker said, oh my God, you're single, he's single, come here. So she pulled Sarah over to Philippe and she said, Philippe, this is Sarah, Sarah, this is Philippe. And Sarah had never dated a Hispanic man before, not because she's a racist, but because she just had never met one that, you know, was single when she was single or whatever. But she always kind of thought their accent was sexy and she liked the tall, dark, handsome look that they have. And she thinks they have kind of neat traditions and stuff like that. And uh, Philippe had dated several Caucasian women prior to Sarah and... Um, He's, he's attracted to him. He likes him. He, he also really loves his culture and women from his culture. So anyway, they meet. They hit it off right away. He is just totally enamored with her, with her free-spiritedness, the way she dances all around the room, dances by herself. She grabs the microphone and starts singing karaoke with no shame, just, just really having fun. She came across very confident, um, very free-spirited, just beautiful, always smiling. And he loved that about her. And uh, she noticed him just standing on the sidelines, just watching her with a big smile on his face like he was just blown away by her. And um, over the next weeks and months, they started hanging out all the time. They ended up in a relationship and... Uh, it moved fast, and, and he said, oh my God, you got to move in with me. Let's get married. I, I can't live without you. So she moved in with him. 
And that's when things started to change. He talked about his culture constantly, not like sharing, oh, this is where I come from. It was more like shoving his culture down her throat to the point where if she would mention anything about her culture, he would just not listen. He would ignore her, he would cut her off and start talking about his culture again. So she wanted to please him, of course. So she tried to learn how to make tortillas. She tried to learn how to make enchiladas, stuff like that. Well, being that she'd never made those things before, of course, the tortillas came out like pancakes and, and the, the enchiladas weren't all that great. It was her first time making them. And Felipe called his mother and was mocking Sarah with his mother on the phone saying, oh yeah, she tried to make tortillas, but they were more like big fluffy pancakes. She can't make tortillas at all. And uh, she called it enchiladas, but I don't know what it was. It definitely wasn't anything like yours, mom. And that really hurt Sarah's feelings. And um, Sarah's last name was Smith. And he told her that she should change her last name to Rodriguez. And she said, why? And he said, because it sounds more Hispanic, it's nice. And so she, she, over time, she started to begin to feel like being a Caucasian made her less than him in his mind. And um, she noticed too, when they would go out places, he was overly nice and respectful to Hispanic people. But when it came to her, it was almost like she was second best. There was even a time they had gone to a bar to go dancing and this Hispanic man was very rude to Sarah, very rude. And um, instead of Felipe saying, hey, you know, don't, don't talk to my girlfriend like that. Instead of that, Sarah was heading out the front door saying, I'm leaving, I can't, I don't want to be around this, this is awful, I'm very offended, I'm out of here. So she's walking towards the door and she turned and thought Philippe was still with her. When she turned and looked, Philippe was shaking the man's hand and patted the man on the back and all that stuff. And then he caught up to her and she said, what was that? And he said, oh, I was apologizing to him, I didn't want him to think that you know, you were blaming everything on him, like, you know, you were, uh, you were dancing a lot by yourself. And, uh, she said, seriously, this man was so nasty to me and you apologized to him because I got mad. And who is he? Do you know him? And he said, no, I don't, I've never met him before. So this kind of thing went on and on. Sarah had a a friend who was Hispanic And she invited her friend over to their house. And as soon as Philippe found out that this best friend was Hispanic, he was doting on her best friend right in front of her, just doting on her um, and ignoring Sarah completely. And Sarah just felt awful. It was like he was blatantly flirting with her best friend right in front of her. And... um, When Sarah mentioned it after her friend had left, he told Sarah she was ridiculous, that he was just trying to be nice to her friend, and that she's too jealous, and she needs to get over herself. Um, 
And Sarah also noticed that anytime she would be watching a movie or a TV show, Felipe could walk in, look at the TV screen for two seconds, and he would say, oh yeah, that lady's guilty, look at her, she's probably a, a, a money-hungry, gold-digging bitch. And Sarah would be like, uh, no, she just got raped and she's filing a police report, like, you really hate women. And he would always tell her, no, I love women, you're, you're wrong. But every conversation she would hear him have, every movie they watched, he was constantly, the woman was to blame, the woman was the villain. If a guy stopped dating a woman, uh, he would say, oh yeah, he dodged a bullet there, that, that chick was a hot mess. And then he, he would sit and watch TV with her and critique women on their looks, on the size of their butt, on the size of their breasts, on uh, if, if they had plastic surgery and it didn't look good, or if they needed it because they didn't look good, or just constantly critiquing women on TV. And it made Sarah so self-conscious. Um, but he would tell her, oh no, I'm not judging. I, I'm not a judge, judgmental person. You're being ridiculous. So Sarah just really started to feel uncomfortable. And she also noticed that whenever she spoke to him, he wouldn't listen. It, it didn't matter what information she was trying to give him. He would not hear it. But she noticed that if a man said the same information, he would listen and hang on every word and absorb it. And it was so bad that uh, one time Philippe got hurt and Sarah said, hey, you really need to go to the doctor. And Philippe said, nah, I'm fine. I'll walk it off. I'll put ice on it. I'll walk it off. And she kept saying, no, seriously, like it's, it's getting worse every day. You really should go see, you should elevate your leg and you should go see a doctor. And he said, I don't want to put my leg up. It's uncomfortable. I'll leave my legs down. Well, she couldn't convince him. And she, she looked at him, and his skin was starting to kind of look greenish. He looked like he, he just didn't look good. So she called his brother. She called his brother, Carlos, and she said, Carlos, please call your brother and tell him to go to the doctor. And Carlos goes, well, why can't you tell him? You know, why are you calling me? And she said, I've been telling him for seven days and he won't go and he's looking really bad. So Carlos called him and he said, hey, bro, you know, if your leg's all swollen, you got to elevate it above your heart, you know, and and if you don't want to mess around. You want to go to the doctor because you get sepsis or, or MRSA or something, that could be all bad. And guess what? Felipe was ready to go to the doctor five seconds after he hung up with his brother. So Sarah got really sick of it. She got sick of him trying to control her. She got sick of him being the way he was. She just got tired of it. And she finally left him and she found a man who respected her and wasn't a misogynist. And she married him and lived happily ever after, so far. <laughs> so Felipe, um, since then, he has had a long series of short relationships that don't last more than three to six months. And he always blames the end of the relationships on the women. And he claims the reason he won't settle down and get married is because there are no good women, no good women left in this world. 
Interesting, right? Okay, I'm going to let you absorb that for a second while we take a very quick break, and I'll be right back. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, thanks for hanging in there. I'm back. The next half of this segment is just diving a little deeper into the misogynistic brain. I want to give you some ideas on recognizing the misogynist and how to deal with them. Oh, this coffee is so good. Okay, (laughs) so... You may be married to a misogynist. Maybe your dad is a chauvinistic man. Maybe your boss is a total sexist, which is illegal in 2020, but, you know, it could happen. So, you, uh, you want to you wanna know who you're dealing with. And they're not always um, easy to spot either, because... When men are misogynistic or chauvinistic, whichever um, whichever word you want to use, a lot of times it's unconscious. It's it's buried deep in their subconscious, right? There, and it stems from um, a bad relationship with a female caregiver in childhood, or maybe they were bullied by a female peer in school and it traumatized them, or maybe their former relationships where they were very much in love and counting on forever and the woman cheated or something. Maybe it broke him into and in his subconscious he just turned his love to hate and it stuck. And any time after that that he felt that a woman was being rude to him or bruising his ego somehow, it reinforced that hatred, that dislike. A lot of times, the misogynist doesn't even know that they hate women. It's They can't consciously say, oh yeah, I do hate women. That's why, you know, in the case of like Sarah and Felipe, she would say, oh my God, you hate women. And he would say, no, I love women. You're wrong. They don't even realize it. Um, so once... Once the seed is planted to hate women after abusive or negligence from abuse or negligence from like the mom, the sister, teacher, girlfriend, a trusted female figure of some sort in their life, once that seed is planted, it starts to grow. And guess what happens? It goes into the emotional part of the brain and um, the rational decision-making part of the brain. So the first signs of misogyny are, are not real noticeable, um, but when they receive more exposure to the same things that planted the seed, the uh, neglect, abuse, um, that behavioral seed will grow larger and more prominent. And uh, misogyny can reach maturity and then the tendency toward acting with hatred towards women 
can no longer really be controlled. So the misogynist and the women around him will, will often fail to notice the condition until it's really too late. And um, here are some typical traits of a misogynist. They zero in on a woman and choose her as his target. Her natural defenses may be down because he's flirtatious, he's exciting, he's fun and charismatic at first, just like the narcissist. Um, But as time goes by, he begins to reveal a Jekyll and Hyde personality. He might change quickly from being charming and irresistible to being a total prick and rude. And then back from being a prick who's rude to charming and irresistible, like a flip-flop. And you might be thinking, oh my God, is this dude bipolar? He could be, but he's probably not. He's probably just a misogynist. So he'll make promises to women and usually never keep them. Um, with Sarah and Felipe, Felipe told Sarah that his family owned timeshares all over the world and that they were going to travel. He was going to take her to Italy, Spain, Hawaii, Lake Tahoe, all these places, and they never went anywhere unless Sarah uh, booked a hotel and paid for a trip somewhere, you know, like Santa Cruz or whatever. So um, they make a lot of promises. He also promised that he would marry her, and he never did. He never, um, he never even acted like he wanted to. Um, so Sarah would just like, you know, ditch the subject. <laughs> um, he'll be late for appointments and dates with women, but he'll be very punctual and respectful and on time with men. So Sarah, Sarah experienced that too. On one of their first dates, he actually stood her up and she thought, okay, bye, you know, but then (coughs) later on, he, he said, hey, I'm so sorry, I had an emergency, and he made up a dumb story, and he said, we, we should go out, we should go out, let's, let's do this, and she said, okay, if you don't stand me up, we'll go, well, he didn't stand her up, but he was late, he was late, you know, always late, (coughs) but when it came to hanging out with his male friends or throwing a party and inviting everybody over, um, going to work every day, always on time, never late, never. But with Sarah, he was always late. His behavior toward women in general is grandiose, cocky, controlling, and self-centered. Yep, check, 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 all those things with Felipe and Sarah. He's extremely competitive, especially with women. If a woman does better than him socially or professionally, he will feel like shit on the inside. If a man does better, he may have mixed feelings about it, but he's able to look at the situation objectively. So that's where the narcissism is not the same as misogyny. When they're dealing with men, it's like they can have empathy, they can think objectively, um, they can apologize, they can own their own shit. But when it comes to women, nope, nope, nope. He will unknowingly treat women differently from men in workplace and social settings, allowing men various liberties for which he will criticize female colleagues and friends for. So, 
if if the if he has a coworker who is sleeping with three or four of the female coworkers that work there, he's like, oh yeah, high five, buddy, you're a stud. But if there's a female coworker who's sleeping with a couple of the male coworkers, she's a whore, right? Um, if a male coworker gets promoted, then he's he's the man. Good job, you deserve it, buddy. If a female coworker gets promoted, she probably had sex with the boss, or she uh, conned her way into that by getting people in trouble. There's always something evil and and terrible behind the female getting a promotion or anything. Um, so he'll be prepared unconsciously to use anything within his power to make a woman feel miserable. He may demand sex or he may withhold it. He might make jokes about women or put them down in public. He might borrow their ideas in a professional context without giving them credit. He might borrow money and not pay them back. Um, Felipe did this with Sarah. He had a specific task at work that required a ton of creativity. And it was up to him to figure out how to get this done every single day. It had to be a different thing, different theme. And he would come home and ask Sarah, because she was super creative and artistic, he would come home and ask her for ideas. And then he would go to work and use those ideas. And everybody would give him credit for being so creative and artistic. And then one day she said, I'm tired of doing your job for you. Figure it out on your own. And he was furious with her. Um, so... On a date, he'll treat a woman the opposite of what she wants. So if you're if you're an old-fashioned woman and you want a gentleman who will hold the door for you, um, order for both of you, he pays for the meal like he's taking care of you. If he knows that, he'll treat you like one of his one of his male friends uh, instead. If if you are an independent woman and you like to open your own door order your own food, pay for your own meal. He will rush to open the door for you. He will order for you. And when you get up to go to the bathroom, he'll pay the check. Sexually, he likes to control women and he gives little or no attention to their sexual pleasure. Foreplay, if it occurs at all, is only a necessary means to an end. It'll be quick and not much fun. And uh, he would like oral sex on him, but he doesn't want to reciprocate to the woman. And he will have his favorite position, and he'll want to do it every single time. And it's usually one that helps him to avoid looking the woman in the eyes. So, like, doggy style. Um, he'll cheat on women he's dating or in relationships with. Monogamy is the last thing he feels he owes a woman. He just doesn't have the capacity to respect you that way. He may suddenly disappear from a relationship without even ending it, but he might come back a month or three months later with some big, detailed, bullshit explanation that, that he's designed to lure you back in, and a lot of times it'll work. Um, only rarely, only rarely will a misogynist possess every single one of these traits that I mentioned. 
Um, so that's why it makes it hard. Uh, when they do possess every single one of these traits, there's there's more than likely some narcissism going on too. Um, but sometimes they might just have one or two of these traits. You know, a general disrespect towards women and he's a cheater. Um, or he might have a favorite position and a general disrespect, but he doesn't cheat. You know, there could be a combination, could be all, could be one or two. Woman haters, they get off on treating women bad. It's like every time they get to do it, it's like a power, a power play for them. Every time they put down a woman or hurt their feelings, they unconsciously feel good because deep down in their hidden brain, their bad behavior is rewarded with a dope of the pleasure chemical dopamine. And it makes them want to repeat that behavior again and again. So when you're with a man who's a misogynist, a male chauvinist, a sexist, and they hurt you somehow, disrespect you, and you show it, and they give you that little smirk, that's what that is. They're like, ha, gotcha. Um, it's, it's important to understand one thing very clearly. So when you have... When you're married to, or your boyfriend, or your friend, or your father, um, when there's a misogynist in your life, don't try to change them. You have to always, always, in every, every single case, every single tool set, you have to remember, you can only change yourself. You cannot change other people. It's so important to brand that into your brain clearly. You can't change anybody but you. So remember that. Now, if you're someone who is optimistic and you want to try to focus on positive aspects of life, that's a cool quality to have. But um, being being involved with a misogynist, being all hopeful and making all these efforts to convince them how wrong they are, um, it'll be of no use. You're not going to change their mind. You can't misogynists will never be convinced especially by a woman that they're wrong so um, trying to change this person will be like banging your head against a brick wall you'll be disappointed you'll be frustrated you'll be hurt and you'll go crazy and you'll probably make them resent you even more so the best thing that you can do in in a relationship with a misogynist is you have to uh Make a choice to stick around, even even after you know who they really are. Radically accept who they are. You know, this this guy is a sexist asshat, but he has other good qualities, right? Just uh, not towards women. Unless we're serving him, then he's cool, right? So um, you have to keep your, your wishes of them changing to yourself. If you pray, just pray a lot about it, you know. God, give me strength. Change that man's heart someday, please. But in the meantime, <laughs> give me strength to deal with him because I have to. Um, if you're not willing to radically accept them and you, and you want to try to change them and you try to force it, um, you're just going to make your life a living hell because they will make your life a nightmare. Either you choose not to deal with them at all 
or you choose to stay with them and radically accept. Those are your two options. That's it. You can't change them, so you decide. You gonna stay with this guy who calls you Tootsie and slaps you on the ass and says, Go bake me a cake. Go cook me a chicken pot pie. You gonna stay with the person who maybe gets off work at 2 o'clock and you get off at 4 and he sits his little ass down on the couch and waits for you to come home and cook for him? Or would you rather find somebody who says, Whoever gets home first cooks dinner. No worries. You know, um... A woman's place is in the kitchen, barefoot and pregnant. We've all heard that too. Ridiculous, right? Especially not in 2020. Um, it's ridiculous. So if, if you want somebody who treats you fairly and equally and respects you for all the wonderful traits and all the wonderful things that make us a woman, a misogynist is not a good fit for you. There's always room for improvement. You know, we're always evolving, we're always learning, we're changing, we're growing, hopefully. So don't, you know, you don't need to focus on trying to force them to change. It is possible for a misogynist to change. They have to want to do it. And if they want to do it, they can. Um, So if they won't change, especially... If, if you make it known that you want them to change, persistence causes resistance. They will rebel against you. They'll be even worse towards you. So don't even bring it up like, oh, I need you to change and stop being a sexist. They don't care. They'll find that amusing. They'll say, oh, you're so cute when you're mad. Boop on your nose. And that, that's all you're going to get. So to make sure that your partner will at least want to change their opinion about women, and not continue having so many negative ideas about women, the way to make him a little more flexible is by um, representing yourself in behaviors and being the kind of woman that you really are. So let it bring out the good in you. Um, No matter what he says, like if he says Kim Kardashian has a perfect body and Chloe's fat, and you're the same size as Chloe. Don't listen to him. There are men out there that would just die to be with Chloe. There are men out there, all kinds of different men, who love all various shapes and sizes and colors of women. There is someone for everyone, literally. And and for one man that would throw away a red-headed woman because he doesn't like a ginger... There's another man who thinks redheaded women are the most sexy goddesses on the face of the universe. So remember, there's always somebody prettier. There's always somebody uglier. There's always somebody smarter. There's always somebody not as smart. There's always somebody fatter, skinnier, better at cooking enchiladas. <laughs> you know, there's there's always people better or less than you. Um, Don't compare yourself to others. You are a beautiful, unique, amazing creature just the way you are. So remember that. And when your misogynist does his little crap and makes you feel bad like you need to get his approval, be yourself. Be unapologetically yourself every single day. 
let that free spirit fly sing and dance do whatever it is that makes you happy be yourself let him see what a real woman is because his idea of what a woman should be is a bunch of bullshit and we all know it right so you need to let him see you being yourself all the time and it's going to be really different from those fake porno women it's going to be really different from the airbrushed photos and the fashion models who lick a power bar they lick a power bar for their sustenance for the day or eat a little radish and say oh no i'm going to get fat you know those women desperately want to eat some nachos and drink some champagne and just like kick back and 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 be like the rest of us but they're making good money they chose their field and they look good doing it they're they're beautiful I'm not trying to criticize them I'm just saying they're probably hungry <laughs> so um be yourself and don't let his little snarky ass remarks sway you into being what he thinks you should be okay when he sees you being yourself constantly um you're setting an example and and that example will eventually change his thinking a little bit it might not change him as a person he might still be a misogynist but he might be a little bit less of one knowing what like a real woman is really like don't encourage him and what i mean by this is um you will not even by mistake agree on the kind of negative ideas that he has about women so this may be because there might be women in your family that you both dislike like your mother-in-law might be giving you a hard time but when he starts to uh talk about how much he doesn't like these women and what's what's so not bearable about them make sure that you don't express dislike for them as well. Don't join him and be like, "Oh yeah, she is a bitch. I don't like her either." Yeah, don't join in with him. Don't encourage him. Even if you even if you hate your mother-in-law, that's cool. Whatever. You hate your mother-in-law, but if he starts talking about his mom, don't encourage him. Don't agree. Because the moment that you agree with him, you encourage him to do it more. and this might sound hard to do but you got to you got to really work at this don't agree with him if if he says um how oh, Nicki Minaj is so disgusting look at her nasty ass you might think that too you might think that too but don't encourage him don't agree with him just say oh yeah she's a pretty pretty popular artist huh leave it at that say something nice and uh you're going to have to make sure you express the things that you don't like as well um mainly like things such as certain behaviors of his that you don't agree with he might say stuff that offends you and uh you have to make sure it doesn't go unnoticed so if he says you know uh if you lost 20 pounds you would be a 10 you'd be so hot turn around and say I disagree with that horrible judgmental remark. 
I think I'm a 10 now. So, whatever. I guess you're entitled to your opinion, but it's wrong, buddy. I'm hot just the way I am. If he says that your mother-in-law is a piece of shit and never should have had children and she's stupid and she she has a dumb hairdo and she's always covered in cat hair, even if it's all true, you have to say, man, it's, it's uh, pretty jacked up to say such terrible things about your own mother. Wow, that's mean. The woman who raised you and took care of you, and even if she wasn't the best mom in the world, she's the only one you got, you know? That's rude. How disrespectful, geez. And walk away. Don't let him retort back, just walk away. So make sure that you do point it out when he's saying super offensive stuff. Just respond with the opposite and uh, keep him on his toes. So there you have it, the misogynist. And I want to leave you with a super cool quote. This is is from, uh, I don't know who wrote it, but Robert Zink, my law of attraction guru, he posted this and I stole it. And I I did comment and tell him I'm stealing this for my podcast. I think everybody needs to hear this. So this is Law of Attraction. Complaining attracts more things for you to complain about. Gratitude attracts more things for you to appreciate. Let me repeat that. And then I'll say goodbye. Complaining attracts more things for you to complain about. Gratitude attracts more things for you to appreciate. I challenge you to not complain about anything for 21 days and see how your life changes. Are you up for it? I double dog dare you. All right. Bye-bye for now.